then point number 110, that which, that which occurs here in this edition on page 70 of the second volume, point number 110, the same of Imam al-Barbahari, rahimahullah, وَأَلَمْ أَنَّ أُصُولَ الْبِدَعِ أَرْبَعَةُ أَبْوَابٍ يتشعب من هذه الأربعة إثنان وسبعون هوا ثم يصير كل واحد من البدع يتشعب حتى تصير كلها إلى ألفين وثمانمائة كلها ضلالة وكلها في النار إلا واحدة وهو من آمن بما في هذا الكتاب واعتقده من غير ريبة في قلبه, في قلبه ولا شكوك فهو صاحب سنة وهو, وهو الناجي إن شاء الله في السيم رحمه الله and know that the roots of the innovations are four the roots or the foundations the original sources of the innovations and know that the roots of the innovations are four. From these, seventy-two innovated sects branched off. And then each one of these innovations itself has offshoots until they amount to two thousand and eight hundred. All of them are misguidance and all of them will be in the fire except for one which is those who believe in what is contained in this book and who holds it as his creed without having any uncertainty in his heart or any doubts he will be a person of the sunnah and he is the one who will be saved if Allah wills just a very small side point here in the wording we have here وَأَلَمْ أَنَّ أَصُولَ الْبِدَعْ and know that the roots of the innovations are four in some of the versions it has the wording وَأَلَمُوا in the plural رَحْمَكُمُ اللَّهِ أَنَّ أَصُولَ الْبِدَعْ and you should know in the plural رَحْمَكُمُ اللَّهِ may Allah have mercy upon you in that version it mentions a supplication for the people, may Allah have mercy upon you. And know, in the plural, may Allah have mercy upon you. That the roots of innovation are for. As for the explanation of Shaykh Salih al Fawzan, then he said, He's saying, And know that the roots of the innovations are for. He said, Al Bid'ah, innovations, is the plural of bid'ah, innovation. And what is meant by it is that which has been newly introduced into the religion without a proof from the book or the sunnah. And that is in accordance with his saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu, fahuwa rad. In accordance with the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever newly introduces into this affair of ours that which is not from it, then it will be rejected. And in one narration, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا 
فَهُوَ رَدُّ Whoever does an action which our affair is not in accordance with then it is rejected and I mentioned the footnote this hadith has preceded preceded last time it's preceded a number of times the hadith reported by Bukhari and Muslim as a hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha and the Shaykh, then Shaykh Fazan quotes the second evidence he said and in the other hadith عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ وَمَهْدِيِّينَ مِنْ بَعْدِي تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَا وَعَبْضُوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِدِ وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْدَثَاتِ ومحدث الْأُمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وفي رواية and one narration وَكُلَّ الدَّوَارِ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ He said and in the other hadith it occurs adhere to my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided orthodox khulafa caliphs after me cling on to it and bite upon it with the molar teeth and beware of newly introduced affairs for every newly introduced affair is an innovation and every innovation is misguidance and in one narration and every misguidance is in the fire <coughs> this hadith the hadith is preceded many times hadith reported by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad and by Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah from the famous hadith of Al-Qaeda ibn Sariya radiallahu anhu and that last word in occurs in a, in a hadith reported by An-Nasai it's a hadith of Jabir then Shaykh Razan said so al-bid'ah, innovation is that which does not have a proof from the book or the sunnah from those things whose people claim will draw them closer to Allah from acts of worship and say and sayings and actions. So just repeat that. And he said the innovation al bid'ah is that which has, does not have a proof from the book and the sunnah. From those things which their proponents, their people, claim will draw them closer to Allah from acts of worship and sayings and actions. And then he said, mentioning an important point, and the innovation may be, and he mentions a very important classification here, the classification of innovation into its two categories, two kinds of innovation. So he said, and the innovation may be, firstly, asliya, a fundamental innovation. And he defines that. A fundamental innovation such that it was newly introduced even in its very basis. So there is no basis at all for it in the religion. And what he, the chef is indicating here, meaning it's an act that is not an act of worship legislated at all in the book of the Sunnah. It's a newly introduced act. 
doesn't occur in the book of the Sunnah as an act of worship. Something new. The whole thing is new. The action in its very basis is not worship, not legislated. So to introduce that, that's called bid'atun hasliya. A fundamental innovation. That thing itself is not legislated. Then he mentions the second category of innovation, which is far more common. He said, and it may be idafiyya. Subsidiary. Subsidiary innovation. And then he defines that. And that is that the action itself does have a basis in something legislated. However, something not legislated has been added to it. In that act of worship there, in origin, it is an, a legislated act of worship. But something's been added to it that causes it to be an innovation. And then he gives an example. He said, for example, that a time has been specified for a dhikr, or some certain words of remembrance of Allah. A certain time has been specified for it, without any proof for that specification. Or a form of dhikr, a form of remembrance of Allah, for which there is no proof. Or a number of times for that dhikr, those words of remembrance, which has no proof. Or a fast for which there is no proof. Just to mention again, that the first kind of innovation is that bid'at from asliyyah, and something that is not an act of worship, not legislated. Some of the scholars, just as a side point, some of the scholars like Shaykh al-Islam from the same year give an example. Like for example, standing in the hot sun, standing bareheaded in the hot sun. I'm thinking that that will draw you closer to Allah. This is not legislated worship at all. So it's bid'at from asliyyah. The act itself is not worship. And its very origin is an innovation. So that's bid'atun asliya. The actual act is an innova- a total innovation. And the second kind that the people knowledge mentions is far more common. Bid'atun idafiyya. So the act itself is something legislated. Fasting. Or dhikr. Remembrance of Allah. These are, act- these are legislated acts of worship. But they are done in a certain way that is not legislated. For example, as the chef mentioned, the dhikr is mentioned as being at a certain time. And that certain time it does not occur at winner proof. A certain time is innovated. Do it at this time here. And that's not legis- that time is not legislated for it. Or a certain form, this wording here. And that form is not legislated. Do not, not occur in the book of the Sunnah. Or do it this many times. Dhikr is legislated, but doing it this many certain number of times. That is not legislated. Or a fast at a time when it's not legislated to specifically to fast. And that will be bid'atun idafiyah. The act of worship in itself is legislated, but the form or manner in which it's done is an innovation. And moving on, Shaykh Fawzan said, and all innovations, whether they are subsidiary, idafiyah, or fundamental, asliyah, there is no good in them. No matter which category they come, out of these two categories, there's no good in them. So they take a person further away from Allah, the perfect and most high. 
and their people have resemblance to the Christians those who newly, newly introduced Rahbaniyyah monasticism in withdrawing themselves from this world going up into a monastery and locking themselves up from the world and worshipping themselves worshiping them in that manner monasticism she said people, these people, people of innovations they have a resemblance to the Christians those who introduced monasticism he the most high said First part of the ayah from Surah Al-Hadid, 57th Surah, Ayah 27, the explanation. And monasticism, behaving as monks, they innovated it. We did not obligate it upon them. Sheikh Rosan said, monasticism is an innovation. Allah did not legislate it for them. However, they themselves did it in order to draw closer to Allah. And he quotes the next part of the ayah in proof of that. إِلَّا بْتِغَاءَ أَرِضْوَانِ اللَّهِ Surah Al-Hadid, the same ayah, Surah Al-Hadid, 57 Surah, ayah 27. We did not, it was not prescribed for them. Rather, they only did it seeking the pleasure of Allah. That was their excuse. Sheikh Bazan said this was their intent that they were seeking the pleasure of Allah however with something other than what Allah legislated so it will not be accepted and therefore he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad same hadith again he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Whoever introduces into this affair of ours that which is not from it, then it will be rejected. Again, the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. Shaykh Razan said, when it says rad, meaning mardudun alayhi, it will be rejected. Thrown back upon him, rejected. Not accepted. So the person who does it shall have just wearied himself, just tired himself out and gain misguidance and he will not receive any reward for his action and we ask Allah for safety and security mm-hmm. and he said, and what the author meant here by his saying that the roots of innovation are four he said what is apparent, and Allah knows best, is that he intends the roots of the innovated sects, <coughs> which the Prophet ﷺ informed about, that they were going to uh, come about. In his saying, Sallallahu <laughs> This nation will split into 73 sects. All, all of them will be in the fire, except for one. So they said, 
who are they from Messenger of Allah? He said, those who are upon that which I and my companions are upon today. The hadith, as I mentioned, which has, has preceded a number of times. The hadith reported by Tirmidhi and others and declared Hassan by Shaykh al-Awdhan. Shaykh al-Awdhan said, this is al-Firaqatul Najiyah. This is the saved sect that has remained upon the Sunnah. Just as he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, مَنْ يَعِشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسَيْرَ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Whoever lives long amongst you will see very great difference. So therefore adhere to my sunnah and the sunnah of the, of the Khulafa. Hadith, again, hadith of Al-Irbad ibn Sariyah, radiallahu anhu, put by Ahmad, Abu Dawud, Ibn Majah, and others, and he said, Sahih by Shaykh al-Awwan. Shaykh al-Awwan said, so he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, informed that this nation will split just as the previous nations, the Jews and the Christians split before it. And this information was given as a warning and as an encouragement upon adherence to the Sunnah when this occurred. And that there will be no salvation without the Sunnah. And that whoever abandons the Sunnah and comes to be with the sects, then he will be in the fire. So the sects which have appeared are very many. However, their roots are four innovated sects. The number of innovative texts that have appeared are very many in number. However, in, in their origin, they amount to four. In their roots and their origins, there were four in number. And in the remainder of this section, Sheikh Bazan, he goes on to explain who they are. So he begins with the first of these major four. He said the first sect is the sect of the Shia. The sect is the sect of the Shia. And it first came about with the murder of Uthman radiallahu anhu when Abdullah ibn Sabah, the Jew, came and he brought about fitna, discord amongst the Muslims. And he called to Tashayyuk partisanship in favor of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu and said that he was the Wasif. <coughs> Sabbath said that he, that Ali, he was the stated successor after the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the Wasif, in one about whom the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had left direct instructions that he was to take, af- take over after him. He was to be the Khalifa afterwards, that's what his Shia claimed. So the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his lifetime, he directly stated that Ali was to take over after. 
So he claimed, he called, as the chef said, he called this man Abdul Wahid al-Sabah to partisanship in favor of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anh, and that he was the stated successor after the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and that the companions had oppressed him, had oppressed Ali, and they had seized the Khilafah from him. So from that time, at Tashayyu, Shi'ism appeared. And the scholars mention that the Shia are many sects. The Shia are many sects, they split into many sects. <coughs> and then Sheikh Bazan he goes on to mention two of the sects, or rather he goes on to mention four of the sects of the Shia. He said, the first of the sects of the Shia are Al-Mufadzila those who showed preference Al-Mufadzila She said those who held that Ali had extra virtue over other than him from the companions even over Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman they are called Al-Mufadzila those who give preference to Ali those who hold that he had extra fadl extra virtue over the other companions they are the ones who are called al-mufaddila the ones who showed preference however they did not accuse the khilafah of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman rather they just said that Ali was more excellent then Shaykh Barzan said and this is, a, this is an error, this is a mistake even this much to say that Ali had extra excellence over those three this is a mistake, it's an error so Ali was the fourth of the rightly guided Khulafa he was not more excellent than Abu Bakr and Umar even to the extent that he himself Ali عنه, he criticized those people who preferred him over Abu Bakr and Umar and he threatened whoever said that with punishment then Shaykh Razan mentions the second sect in the second sect from the Shia this first major sect, the second of the, the sects of the Shia he said the second sect are those who say that Ali was the wasi, the stated successor of the messenger and that he was the one who had the most right to the Khilafah in the Khalifa and that the Khilafah of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman was injustice and something which they wrongfully seized they say that the Khilafah was for Ali and that he was the stated successor after the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that the companions oppressed him and wrongfully seized the Khilafah the Khalifate from him along with many points of misguidance which, which they have and he mentions the third sect from the Shia he said the third sect are a Shia al-Ghulat the extreme Shia those who say that messengership should have been for Ali however Jibreel acted treacherously 
and gave it instead to Muhammad. However, messengership in origin should have been for Ali. They say, Khan al-Aminu wa saddaha an Haydara. They say this third sect, these extreme Shia, they say that Jibreel or the, the trustworthy one meaning Jibreel salam, the trustworthy one acted treacherously and withheld it from Haydar. Shaykh said what is meant by here Al-Amin, the trustworthy one is Jibreel salam. that he gave the messengership to Muhammad and withheld it from Haydar who is Ali. This is what they say, the one they call Haydar is Haydara, Haydar is Ali radiallahu So this is the third sect of the Shia, the extreme ones who say that the messengership shouldn't have been for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it should have been, it was supposed to be for Ali. But Jibreel, who was supposed to bring it down to Ali and make him the messenger of Allah, he brought it down and betrayed his trust and gave it to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam instead. Then Shaykh Bazaar mentions the fourth sect of the Shia, he said the fourth sect are even worse than them. They say that, that Ali is an ilah, a god, one who should be worshipped. And they are the ones whom Ali ibn Abi Talib himself burnt with fire. He dug trenches for them and set fire blazing in them and threw them into, the, into it whilst they were alive. And it is related from him that he said, This line of poem, poetry, and we mentioned a footnote, the reference for this, was reported by Ibn al-A'rabi in his Mu'jam, and al-Ajurri in al-Shari'a, and Ibn Abdul-Barq in his book al-Tamheed, and Ibn al-Sakir in Tariq Dimashq, and others besides. That Ali radiallahu anhu, he did this, he had trenches dug, when these people, as I mentioned in the reports, when Ali radiallahu anhu came, or when they came to Ali, and they said, Anta who? You are he. They said, who is he? They said, you are the one who is to be worshipped. So then he had trenches dug, he called his servant Qambar, and ordered him to light fires, so he lit fires, and he threw them. When they refused to repent, he had them thrown into the fire. So as the chef said, and Qambar was his servant. His father, his servant. So he burnt them with fire when they said to him, You are he. Antahua, Antahua. You are he, you are he. And Ibn Abbas, he held the obligation of killing them, but with the sword, and that they should not be burnt with fire. Because the Prophet had said, None should punish with the fire except the Lord of the fire. So he, meaning Ibn Abbas, he did not object to their being killed. Rather, he just said, I hold that they should be killed with the sword instead of with fire. In a footnote, they mention that this narration is reported by Al Bukhari in his Sahih. And you'll find it there in two places 
uh, contrary to the references I mentioned here, you'll find it as hadith number 3017-3017 and hadith 6922-6922 from Ikrima that he said some heretics were, were brought to Ali radiallahu anhu so he burnt them he burnt them alive so when that reached, when that news reached Ibn Abbas he said if it had been me I would not have burnt them alive because of the pro- prohibition of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam la tu'adhibu bi'adhabillah do not punish with the punishment of Allah but I would have killed them because of the saying of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam man baddala deenahu faqtuluh whoever changes his religion then kill him and then they mention also this all being in the footnote as for the hadith with the wording la yu'adhibu bin-nar illa rabbun nar no one should punish with fire except for the lord of the fire and they mention this is reported by Imam Ahmad in his Musnad and by Abu Dawood in his Sunan and this was declared sahih authentic by Shaykh al-Albani and again as a side point in addition to what occurs here in some of the narrations uh, alluded to here that when these people said to, uh, to Ali that you are he you are he and when he said who is who is he? You are the one who is to be worshipped. You are Allah, the one who deserves to be worshipped. So when they wouldn't repent, he, he burnt them with the fire. And some of the wordings it mentions that when they were thrown into the fire, that they said, and now we are even more certain. Because no one punishes with the fire except the Lord of the fire. So now that you're, puni- you're you know, putting us in the fire, that we are even more certain that you are the one who deserves to be worshipped. <laughs> Then the Shaykh said back to what Shaykh Fawzan said, he mentioned the hadith, hadith. <coughs> None should punish with the fire except the Lord of the fire. Ibn Abbas, he heard about it. He said that he held that it was obligatory that they should be killed with the sword and not burnt with fire. Because the Prophet said, None should punish with fire except for the Lord of the fire. So he did not object to killing them but rather he just said I hold that they should be killed with the sword instead of with fire then Shaykh Bazan said and from these sects of the Shia many sects sprang up and branched off and from these four different sects of the Shia many others then branched off and grew in number then Shaykh Bazan mentions the second of the four major sects the first one there being the Shia with their four branches he said the second sect now second overall sect the Shia being dealt with now the second sect Firqatul Qadariya the sect of the Qadariya the Qadaris those who deny Al-Qadr those who deny pre-decree and it appeared at the end of the time of the companions and they are of two types the Qadariya of two types firstly Qadariya Jabariya the, Qadari, the Qadariya who are actually Jabariya more well known as the Jabariya those who say that mankind is compelled they go to extremes in affirming pre-decree <laughs> and the second 
category of the qadariya are the qadariya nufat, the qadariya who are deniers, those who denied pre-decree. And they are the mu'tazira. The deniers, the qadariya nufat, the deniers of pre-decree, they are the mu'tazira. And whoever proceeded upon their path, those who say that a servant creates his own actions, and that Allah does not create the actions of the servants. Rather, they themselves create them. Whereas their opponents, the Jabariyyah, they say, a person's action is actually just the action of Allah. And whatever action a person does, it is not really his action. It's actually Allah's action. And that the, the people are compelled to do, to say whatever they say and whatever they do. And they have no free will. No ikhtiyar, no choice, no free will. That's the first, the first category of the qadariya, the qadariya jabariya. Those who say man, man has no choice of free will. Whereas the mu'tazila, the second category, they say that people have independent free will in total free will independent free will total free will independent of the will of Allah the Shaykh said so therefore if the term Al-Qadariya is used unrestrictedly then it is used to apply to the Mu'tazila and to those people who deny pre-decree for indeed they deny pre-decree Normally, when you see the term Qadariya and the sect referred to the Qadariya, it means the deniers of pre-decree, the second of those two sects. Whereas the others, the second one, the Jabariya, or the first one of the two, the Jabariya, they affirm pre-decree and they go to extremes with regard to it, to the extent that they say a person is compelled. So those people deny pre-decree. And these ones, they go to extreme in affirming it. And they are all called, or the term is used for all of them, Al-Qadariyya. And they branch, branched off into many sects. Then Shaykh Razan mentions the third major sect. Having dealt with the Shia, now the second one, Al-Qadariyya, the deniers and the Jabariyya, now the third sect. He said, the third sect, is the sect of the Khawarij those who rebel against the Muslim ruler and break the unity of obedience and who declare people to be disbelievers on account of major sins which are less than shirk and they declare the blood of the Muslims to be lawful to shed and they are people of gulu, excessiveness and extremism in the religion. They have religion and they have worship and they have fear of Allah. They fast, stand in prayer and recite the Quran. However, they do it upon other than fiqh. They do it upon other than having correct understanding of the religion. And upon other than insight and therefore they went astray and what was refuges sought and they broke the unified obedience 
and they rebelled against the chief of the believers, Ali ibn Abi Talib, and, they, and he, he fought battles against them, and Allah aided him against them. And they have continued to appear and revolt, they have continued to rebel against the Muslim, and they said they have continued to rebel against those in authority and declaring the blood of the Muslims to be lawful to shed and declaring people to be disbelievers on account of major sins which are less than shirk and they are called, these khawarij, they are called al-wa'idiyya those people who enforce the textual threats because they enforce the ayahs which mention a threat without making any distinction between major sins that are shirk and kufr and major sins that are just acts of disobedience they hold that all of their people are disbelievers in their view I mean those who commit shirk or kufr, disbelievers those who commit sins which are less than that major sins which are less than shirk or kufr still in their view disbelievers and they do not suffice with declaring them as disbelievers Rather, they declare their blood as lawful to be shed. And they fight against the Muslims. But they do not fight against the disbelievers, the kuffar. And therefore the Prophet said in description of them, يَقْتُلُونَ أَهْلَ الْإِسْلَامِ وَيَدَعُونَ أَهْلَ الْأَوْثَانِ The Prophet said about these khawarij, they kill the people of Islam and they leave alone the worshippers of idols. They leave alone the people of the idols. In a footnote they mention this hadith reported by Bukhari. You'll find it there as hadith number 3344. And reported by Muslim as hadith 1064 from a hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anh. And Shaykh Bazan said, So it has not been mentioned that the Khawarij ever fought against the disbelievers. Rather they only fight against the Muslims. And they are a number of sects, some of them being more severe than others. Then Shaykh Bazan goes on to mention the fourth and the last sect, and said, The fourth sect is that which is opposite to the sect of the Khawarij, and they are the Murji'ah, the Murji'ah, those who deny that actions enter into Iman. They say, action does not enter into Iman. So a person is a mu'min, a full believer, even if he does not act. Even if he leaves off all actions, then he is a mu'min, a full believer. They are called murji'ah, from the word al-irja'ah, to put off, which means to put back. Because they put actions outside that which carries the name of iman. And they are a number of sects. And Sheikh Razan goes on to mention four, the four main sects of the Murjah. He said, Firstly, the worst of them are the Jahmiya. Those who say that Iman is, is merely awareness, having ma'rifah, having awareness in the heart. So if a person has awareness in his heart, then he is a mu'min, a full believer even if he does not hold it as his creed and belief. 
something that a person just has in his heart, he's got some awareness that he has a creator, that's it, he's a full believer. Even if he doesn't hold it as his creed and his belief. It's just some awareness in the heart. The second category of the Murji'ah, the Sheikh said, the second category of the Murji'ah are the Asha'ira, the Ash'aris. Those who say that Iman is belief in the heart. And that speech of the, the speech of the tongue does not enter into it, nor action of the limbs. It's sufficient that a person has belief in his heart alone. Then he mentions the third. He said the third category, the third sect of the Murji'a, Ali Karamiya. Those who say that Iman is just utterance upon the tongue, even if he does not believe in his heart. And the person says testification of faith upon his tongue, even if he doesn't believe it in his heart, that's, that is Iman, just what's upon the tongue. And then he mentions the fourth category of the Murji'a, he said, the fourth category, the fourth sect, he said, are Murji'atul Fuqaha, the Murji'a of the jurists. Those who say that Iman is belief in the heart, along with utterance of the tongue, even if he does not act. Then Sheikh Fawzan mentions the common factor between all of these four sects. He said, all of them agree that action does not enter into Iman. But then they differ, having different positions about actions of the heart and speech of the tongue. Then he said, so the Khawarij, they went beyond bounds in entering action into the reality of Iman. And they said, Whoever leaves off action becomes a disbeliever, unrestrictedly. Whereas the Murji'a, the ones at the opposite extreme, the Murji'a, they were opposite to that. They went beyond bounds in banishing action from the reality of Iman and said, a person does not become a disbeliever, even if he leaves off all action without restriction. And then Shaykh Fawazan said, as for the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah, and all praises for Allah. And Allah guided them to the truth. Just as He the Most High said, So Allah guided those who truly believe with regard to that which they differed about from the truth by His permission. And Allah guides whomever He wishes to the straight path. Sheikh Bazan said, so they say, the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah, they say, Iman, true faith, is speech upon the tongue and belief in the heart and action upon the limbs. It increases through acts of obedience and it decreases through sin. However, it does not pass away entirely if an action is missed unrestrictedly. We don't say unrestrictedly that it passes away entirely if action passes away without making restriction. As is said by the Khawarij. Nor do they say that it will remain if all action is missed out. As is said by the Murji'ah. Rather, there are some actions whose abandonment 
is kufr, disbelief, <coughs> such as abandoning the prayer. And there are some actions which abandonment of them is a kabira, a major sin, from the major sins, but does not necessitate disbelief. So this is the detailed explanation which the Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah are upon and all praises for Allah. And it gathers between the ayahs of promise, which the Murji akin to, and the ayahs of the threat, which the Khawarij cling to. So the Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah gather the ayahs of the promises and of the, the ayahs of the threats. And they explain them with each other. And they restrict some with others. And they refer, they refer that which is not immediately clear to that which is decisive and clarifying. And they act upon all of them. And they say, آمَنَّا بِهِ كُلٌّ مِّنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا Surah Al-Imran, the third surah, ayah 7, with explanation. We truly believe in it. All of it is from our Lord. Then Shaykh Bozan summarizes and says, These are the sects from which many other sects branched off. And whoever wishes to study that, let him refer back to the books of the, books of the sects, such as Al-Milal Wal-Nihab of Al-Shahristani, and such as the book Al-Firaq Bain Al-Firaq of Al-Baghdadi, and the book Maqalat Al-Islamiyyin wa Akhtilaf Al-Musallin of Abu Hasan Al-Ash'ari, and Al-Fisal Al-Milal Wal-Ahwa'i Wal-Nahr of Ibn Hazm. For they mention these sects and their branches and their subsects. However, I do not love that the beginning student of knowledge should enter into these differences so that his thinking does not become disturbed. However, a scholar who is firmly grounded, there is no harm in his studying it. And he said, he's saying, وَكُلُّ إِلَّا And all of them will be in the fire except one. Shaykh Fazan said, all of them, along with their branches, will be in the fire because they followed desires. And they abandoned that which the Prophet his companions were upon, which is salvation. However, their being in the fire does not necessitate that they are all disbelievers. So the fire will be entered by the sinner, the disobedient person, even if he does not become a disbeliever. He will enter it for a temporary period and then come out from the fire. And as for those whose splitting away is something which renders him a disbeliever, then he will remain forever in the fire of hell. <laughs> he said, he's saying, وَهُوَ مَنْ آمَنَ بِمَا فِي هَذَا الْكِتَابِ وَأَتَقَدَهُ مِنْ غَيْرِ قُلِبَةٍ فِي قَلْبِهِ وَلَا شُكُوبٍ He said in the paragraph before the last, and it, salvation, it, that which will be saved, it, or rather he, is the one who believes in what is contained in this book and who holds it as his creed, not having any uncertainty in his heart nor any doubts. Shaykh <coughs> Razan said, this book, which is Shaykh Asul, which is Shaykh As-Sunnah of Al-Barbahari, it is just a clarification of what occurs in the book and the Sunnah and a mention of the fundamentals of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, the people of the Sunnah, 
and the Jama'ah. So this book is just, as he entitled it, an explanation of the fundamentals of the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah. And it is derived from the book and the Sunnah and what the Salaf of this nation were upon. In a way, without any uncertainty in his heart, Sheikh said, As for a person who manifests Iman outwardly in the fundamentals, but he actually has misgivings in his heart or doubt in his heart then he will not be a believer he will be a doubter and Allah's refuge is sought one who is hesitant and he will be from the people of hypocrisy so it is essential that he must believe in his heart what he says upon his tongue from the truth from the truth so he, rahimahullah, does not intend self-praise, tazkiyah, for his own book. I mean, in this statement here, he's not intending just self-praise for his own book. As is thought by some people. Rather he intended praise for what, it can, what is contained within it from the fundamentals of the Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah. Then he said in the final brief paragraph, he's saying, Then he will be the person of the sunnah and he is the one who will be saved if Allah wills. Sheikh said, whoever follows the book and the sunnah, having yaqeen, certainty, and true faith in his heart, then he is from the saved sect. Because the saying of the Messenger وسلم, applies to him. When he was asked about the saved sect, and he said, whoever is upon that which I and my companions are upon. And in one narration, whoever is upon the like of what I and my companions are upon today.